0: Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening so much every week to Bible Crossfire. <clears throat> Please continue to do so. Here on Bible Crossfire, we emphasize passages like 2 John verse 9, where it says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Now, you can't be saved without God. The only way you can be saved is is through the grace and mercy of God. So if you don't abide in the doctrine, the teaching of Christ, you don't have God. You can't be saved. What's the doctrine of Christ? The teaching of Christ. Well, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed? John eight thirty one. He said in John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the Bible, God's word, defines for us what the doctrine of Christ is, what the truth is. If we don't abide in that, if we're teaching something different than what the Bible says, we don't have God, we can't be saved. We're not a true disciple of Christ, John eight, thirty one and thirty two, and the truth won't make us free from sin. If you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open. 877 655 6755. The number to call is eight seven seven six five five six seven five five if you have a Bible question or comment. Back in early twenty sixteen on this program. Jamie from Pensacola, Florida called in with an outstanding question. He asked, Why are there so many interpretations of the Bible? Now, we are told by many the answer is because of honest differences of interpretations because the Bible is hard to understand. But I challenge that notion. I immediately read to Jamie, 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35, Let your women keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. And ask him how so many congregations can allow women to preach from the pulpit. Is it because this passage which forbids it is hard to understand? He said, No. The passage is clear. And that illustrates that we can understand the truth of the Bible if we'll just read and study it. 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty four and 35. If you want to know if a woman should preach from the church pulpit, just read it. It's easy to understand. Ephesians 3, 3-4 through teaches this very thing. It reads, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. That says we can understand the Bible simply by reading it just like we can understand a letter from a friend by reading it. Churches allow women to preach, not because the Bible's prohibition against it is unclear, but because they feel pressure from political correctness. Joseph from Canada, go ahead with your Bible question or uh, comment, please. You can understand a letter from a friend, Joseph, lady. you need to turn your radio down so you won't get confused. Not because the, the Bible's prohibition. Hello, am I on the air now? Yes, you are. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Joseph, you're on the air. Go ahead. Well, looks like uh, Joseph uh, may have got confused because he had his radio on, I'm guessing. He didn't understand what was going on. you got to turn that off so that you won't uh, get confused by the backfeeding, I guess because there's a little delay there. We're talking about why there are so many interpretations of the Bible. We looked at 1 Corinthians 14:34 and 35. It's clear women shouldn't preach from the pulpit, yet most churches allow that. It's not because that verse is hard to understand. I mean, it says it's a shame for women to speak in the church. What's hard to understand about that? The reason is churches don't use the Bible as their authority anymore. They have they have the wrong authority to illustrate this. Let me give you this quote. <clears throat> from the Watchtower Witnesses, the JWs. This is a pretty amazing quote, an admission on their part. It says, We find that people cannot see the divine plan in studying the Bible by itself. We see also that if anyone lays aside the Scripture studies, they're talking about the Watchtower magazine, even after he has read them for ten years, if he then lays them aside and ignores them, and goes to the Bible alone, our experience shows that within two years he goes into darkness. On the other hand, if he had merely read the Scripture studies and had not read a page of the Bible, he would be in the light. You see, so the Watchtower religion believes their false positions, not because the Bible is hard to interpret, but because they position their literature above the Bible in what they're going to follow. See what they said? They said, basically, you'd be better off reading our Scripture studies than reading the Bible. If you read our Scripture studies and don't read the Bible at all, you'll be in the light. But if you read the Bible by itself without our Scripture studies, you'll be in darkness. And so, they have the wrong authority. And a lot of denominations do that with creed books and confessions if they let them take priority over Scripture. And don't we do the same sometimes with favorite preachers? Do we sometimes accept what they say? without making sure it matches up with, with what God's Word actually says. Another reason that there's so many different interpretations of the Bible, and it has nothing to do with the Bible being hard to understand, because for the most part it's not, is that some people let tradition trump Scripture. You know, the Catholic Church does this exact same this exact thing. By admittedly allowing their church tradition to take precedence equal to or above Scripture. For example, Catholic tradition trumps Scripture when they continue to hold on to their tradition of the perpetual virginity of Mary. Even though the Bible is clear, she was only a virgin up until the point Jesus was born. Matthew 1, 24 and 25 reads this way. And Joseph knew her not, referring to Mary... she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Doesn't that imply that after Jesus was born, Joseph did know Mary sexually, that she was a virgin until Jesus was born but not after that? The Catholic Church can read that. That's pretty plain, but they let their tradition of the perpetual virginity of Mary take precedence over what the Bible says. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877- 655-6755 6556755. If you got any question about the Bible, any comment about the Bible, 8776556755. On this same point, let me read Matthew 13:55 and 56. It says, "Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph, and Simon and Judas, and his sisters?" Well, that Clearly teaches Jesus had physical brothers and sisters. Meaning obviously Mary had other children. He had four brothers and some sisters, at least two sisters. So at least Mary had at least six other children after Jesus. So obviously she was not a perpetual virgin. So what's going on here? Is the Bible hard to understand? No. The Catholic Church lets their tradition take precedence over Scripture. So it's not really the Bible's hard to understand. There are different interpretations of the Bible because the scripture is not given the proper place. Robert from Ohio, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
1: Um, yes, sir. I was calling on to find out in Scripture they talk about the prophetic clock restarting
0: when Israel becomes a nation
1: again and starting to count down to Christ's return. Where can
0: that be found in Scripture? I don't think it's anywhere in the Scripture. I think somebody like Hal Lindsey made it up so they could sell a lot of books. I don't think you'll find that anywhere in the Scripture. Matter of fact, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, it says, It shall come to pass, God is talking to the Israelites, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord... God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. But are the Jews doing that today, Robert? Are they observing to do all of his commandments which he commanded them? No. Not anywhere close to it. So based upon Deuteronomy 28, and I encourage you, Robert, to look at the whole chapter, based upon Deuteronomy 28, they're not God's favored nation anymore because they're not coming anywhere close to doing what God told them to do. Not anywhere close. Okay. You see what I'm talking about?
1: Yes, sir. I say I've always heard, I growing up, always have heard that, you know, with Christ's return, Israel becoming a nation again. That just did not happen out of the kindness of man's heart. That was divine intervention. And Scripture talks of uh, Gog and Magog, God putting a hook in their mouth and dragging them to attack Israel, and he will put them down.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you heard, uh, um, you've heard that, but the Bible doesn't teach anywhere close to what these people are saying. Let me read from that okay. same chapter, Deuteronomy 28, 58 and 63. This is God talking to the Israelites again. He says, If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and to multiply you, So the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to naught. And you shall be plucked from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. Okay. So he's saying there in Deuteronomy 28, if you don't do, we read from verse 1 that says, if you obey his law, if you obey God, you'll be his favored nation. Those are my words. In verse 58 and 63, he says, if you don't observe to do all the words of this law, that the Lord will destroy you and you'll be plucked off from off the land. Okay. Well, Doesn't that describe Israel, Robert, if I were to say they're not observing to do all the words of God's law? Correct. I would so agree. This, this verse says that if that happens, God will destroy you, bring you to naught, This is Deuteronomy 28, 63. Ye shall be plucked from all the land whither thou goest to possess it. And we see that actually happen. It's happening. Jesus prophesies about that actually happening in Matthew 24, 1 through 34. And then in 70 AD, the Roman army came and completely ransacked Jerusalem. Did exactly what Deuteronomy 28 said. They they quit following God. They quit obeying His law. And they crucified Jerusalem. The prophets, including the most important prophet, Jesus Christ, they killed him. And so God allowed the Romans to completely destroy them in 70 A.D. That was the end of them, according to these passages.
1: But we don't think God had a hand in Israel becoming a nation again.
0: The The Bible never says anything. Do you know of a verse that Hmm. says anything like that?
1: I've been trying to find it, that's why I called to ask you. Um, like I say, that's yeah. what I've always heard. I'm trying to find the evidence of it now. I know, like I say, from reading, you know, here lately I've been reading on Gog and Magog, and I believe that is something that's going to happen prior to Christ's return, is that a nation is going to attack Israel— or a group of nations, and God is going to put that down himself if I read Scripture correctly. So, but again, my personal, I don't think it was out of the kindness of man's heart that they gave Israel, let Israel become a nation again. God brought them back, and Scripture quotes, bringing them back from all corners of the earth to their homeland. I don't remember exactly what passage it is, but I do remember reading that, so I'm trying to find the connection with that, because again, man did not do this out of the kindness of their heart to give Israel their land back.
0: Well, I mean, after Hitler, so uh, it, I, I, it pretty much was out of the kindness of the heart of the of America, wasn't it? Gave them because they no,
1: I don't think. I don't think mankind has that in them to do that, sir. I think well, okay. that was divine God is in control. God. God
0: is in control of the nations, but uh, yeah. but but we we've seen from the Bible that the Jews are not God's chosen people anymore. They're not God's chosen people. Christians are God's chosen people anymore. Let me read you a few passages. See if you agree with okay. me. All right. Okay. Romans two twenty eight and twenty nine says this. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So by the time okay. the New Testament comes along, and Paul writes Romans, he's saying, "You, for you to be a Jew, it has nothing to do with your physical birth, circumcision or anything like that. It has to do with your heart whether or not you're a follower of Christ. Let me, let me confirm that again with another passage. Galatians 3, 26-29. Okay. All right, right, listen to this, Robert. It says, For you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ... Then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So according okay. to that passage, Robert, you're Abraham's seed, not because you're physically born of Abraham and you're an heir uh, and you're an heir of Abraham's promise, not because you're physically born of Abraham, a physical Jew, but because you have become a child of God by faith. By being baptized into Christ. And he said, there is neither Jew nor Greek. In other words, it doesn't make any difference whether you're Jew or Greek physically anymore. Jew or Gentile. If you become a child of God by faith by being baptized into Christ, now you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise.
1: And that's why Galatians 6
0: verse 16 calls the Christians the Israel of God. Christians. He calls the Christians the Israel of God. And those Christians could be Jew or Gentile physically, but they're still called the Israel of God because they've been they've become a child of God. Remember back in the Old Testament, you were in a sense a child of God just by simply being born physically as a descendant of Abraham. Now you if you become a child of God by faith and you're by being baptized into Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Then are you the Israel of God. Make sense, Robert? Yes, sir. And so...
1: Still trying to put a few things together, like say, uh, you know, with the Jewish faith, Israel, everything else, like say, going through Scripture and reading Scripture, Just you know, because you read it once, you read it twice, you know, you try to figure out exactly what's going on, like say... Sometimes it makes sense the first time. Sometimes it makes better sense the second time.
0: Yeah, um, and I would encourage you to keep studying. Let me give you a little illustration of why these so-called preachers that write books—they, Robert—they make up a lot of stuff that's oh yes, not actually in and you the have Bible. To go back to Scripture. Yeah, because they want to make they want to sell books. Let me give you an example of this. For example, in your reading of these kind of books, what have you learned about the Antichrist?
1: What, um, what have those books told well, you
0: about the Antichrist?
1: That he is going to be a very charismatic person to fool the multitudes. He is going to claim that he is God.
0: Okay, and that um, uh, some one is it like one person that's going to become a political uh, well you, uh, get into political power just before the second coming of Christ, right? And that's what that's what those books say, right?
1: Well, it. You know, when you read Scripture, it talks about the Antichrist and the false prophet. So it's kind of a tag-team situation going on, in my opinion. You have both of them, you know, working together
0: to deceive man. When you say when you read Scripture, what you really meant then, I'm not trying to be ugly, is you read a book that told you about that, but the Bible doesn't say anything like that. Let me give an example. The Antichrist is mentioned I think four times and they're all in the book of first second, third John. Here's first John 2:18. listen to this, Robert. It says okay. this is first John two 2:18 it says, "Little children, it is the last time and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrist Now so John yeah. is writing back in the first century. He not only says Antichrist yeah. exists back then, but a bunch of them, many Antichrists. So yeah. there's nothing in I the Bible about that. the. There's nothing in the Bible about one Antichrist coming and getting political power before the second coming of Christ. That's something that somebody no, made um, up in a book.
1: Now I believe that the Antichrist will come into power after the church is removed from the world. Do you after have any Christ verse? After returns and removes the church, huh?
0: Do, do you have any verse that says anything like that?
1: Uh, there's one where it says one will be in the field, two will be working in the field, one will be gone. I don't remember the verse or chapter. Well, that's
0: in Matthew 24, but Matthew 24 right. doesn't mention Antichrist. where Christ.
1: Christ is talking about returning.
0: Yeah, where okay, takes- but... Ma- Okay, but Matthew 24 doesn't mention anything about the antichrist.
1: No, it does not. But So, is there any I verse guess.
0: that gives Is there any verse that says anything about the church being taken away and then the antichrist is going to come?
1: Um uh, not that I can recall right off the top of my head, but again, you know, there's talk of taking the mark of the beast, to do business and
0: everything else. Let me read to you a passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Okay. And what you were talking about okay. there, the church being taken away, I think you were talking about what some people call the rapture, right? Whereas the yep. Christians are take up, taken up out of the world. Okay? Yep. That comes. That word comes from 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Let me okay. just read, it says... Uh, uh, I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians 4.17. It says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air... And so shall we ever be with the Lord. No, I I should start in verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now this is, would you agree, is talking about the second coming of Christ. That's what you said a while ago. And the Christians yes. that are on the earth will be called up to meet him in the air, right? Yes. But guess what? The Antichrist what? is not going to come after that because when Christ comes back, that's going to be the end of the world. The earth is going to be burned up. Did you know that? When Jesus comes back um, and then the Christians meet him in the air, yeah. that's the, at the well, end of through. the world and the earth's going to be burned up. Hmm.
1: Well, I guess let me read, read that to you. I don't know. I'm. I'm right, reading. Let me read that. Let me read that I read to Revelation. you. Revelation, huh?
0: Let me read that to you. Second okay. Thessalonians chapter second Peter chapter three verse ten. Again, it's talking about the second coming of Christ. The beginning part of the uh-huh. chapter lets you know that it's talking about the second coming of the Christ. But it says that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up so the antichrist okay. is not going to come back is not coming after that because the earth's going to be burned up as a matter of fact what we read in 1 John 2 is that the antichrist plural many antichrists existed during the days when John first 1 John was written back in the first century time frame so in
1: that what we read what your what you're what your interpretation of scripture and mine, with revelation and God pouring out all the damnation on the earth, do you think the church is going to be here for that? Then, the great tribulation, okay. where we have the two witnesses for a hundred and
0: for a thousand
1: and forty days.
0: Remember, Robert, do everything you you're talking about, here? everything you're talking about was made up by a guy who wrote no, a book. no, no.
1: That scripture, no. that is scripture. Revelation where? is in.
0: No, where I, is the scripture?
1: It, sir. Are, there's it's no, in no revelation no, where it talks about the okay. two witnesses. Yes, correct. But it, there is a it do, there is a scripture it, it that says there will be two witnesses that go that we we assume will be around Jerusalem, and they will witness for a thousand and forty two days, and then the beast, they will kill them. And it says this in Scripture, I've read it, that they will kill these people, these two super witnesses of God,
0: when God lets them kill them. Robert, okay, Revelation gotcha. one one, the revelation of, of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Verse t- three says, The time is near. Chapter 22.10 says the time, talking about what happened in the book of Revelation, the time is at hand. So all of those things talked about in the book of Revelation that Robert was referring to were to happen in the first century time frame. We're going to have to go off there. If you would like the free home Bible study, one hour free home Bible study, I'd be glad to do that with you. Call or text me at 256-682-9753. The number to call for the free home Bible study, call or text me, is 256-682-9753. Remember John eight thirty two, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So false religious teaching, like the things that Hal Lindsey put out in his books, they're not going to make you free from sin.